Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. It is weekend nine approaching and we have the sun out for all next week. Hopefully the forecast looks good and we are all ready for spring to come. It's coming soon. March is here and I'm excited to have a special guest today, Randy Peterson. He is starting a malt manufacturing company in Detroit Lakes or he has started already in the recent past and we are interviewing him for his story about starting a company in Lakes Country and shipping malt to craft brewers all over the nation and hopefully worldwide. Very interesting story, something happening in Lakes Country. Stay tuned for that and please go to our website lakelifeweekend.com for latest news, area events, some nice pictures from our Instagram account and to find the archive of all our past podcasts right on our website lakelifeweekend.com. Please come to us and visit in March in Fargo at the Civic Center in downtown March 22nd, 23rd. Explore Lake Life Expo. Hope to see you soon. And now enjoy our interview with Randy Peterson of Maltworks from Detroit Lakes. Thank you. Have a great weekend ahead. Well, hello. I'm here in our interview part. I'm with here with Randy Peterson. Hello, Randy. Hello, Dirk. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for coming out uh, to Perham today. Randy works for with founded Maltworks, a company in Detroit Lakes. Um, before we talk about malt and what's uh, hidden behind the company, who do you all serve, uh, beer brewers, um, let us hear where you're from, what you did before. I think you have a very interesting story about uh, specialty commodities. Uh, uh. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Dirk. Uh, well, I've been in the commodity business since, uh, well, a little over, I mean, about 40 years now. Started uh, 1980 with a company out of Fargo, North Dakota, while I was on a, in college at Moore State University. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a family business, and I got involved in commodities the first day I walked in. So wait, you started this company out of college? No, it was during college I started with a company and learned the trade. And later in 1987, we formed a company called Specialty Commodities with two gentlemen that I met during that travels. In fact, Larry Leitner, one of my uh, old partners or still is a partner, uh, came to a small business management class at Morehead State and spoke and uh, I tracked him down and volunteered as an intern as it really uh, interests me is what they were doing, which they were manufacturing sunflowers at the time. They had us, they were doing packaged snack foods, uh, sunflowers, roasted salted sunflowers, that kind of thing intrigued me and uh, got involved with the business at that time. And later in 1987, we formed Specialty Commodities. It was uh, Larry Leitner and Alan Stern and myself and uh, we built the company up, sold it to a private equity company in 2008, and 2014 we sold it to Archer Daniels Midland. And so we were in the commodity trade, we call it the special crops industry. Yeah, what is that exactly? It's virtually trading crops that aren't listed on any exchanges around the world. So okay. we didn't trade corn or beans. 
Uh, we traded sunflowers and canary seed and millets, sunflower kernels, dry beans. Then I got into all your pulse crops, peas and lentils, spices, wait, wait, wait. So you know, wait, wait. just carried away. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, you are a serial entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, you formed a few companies and you started very early, I understand. Yeah, well, during college, I had a company called Timberline Ski Tours. We did ski tours uh, during the uh, college breaks and had a student student painters, painting houses and huh. contracting. So, And you bred uh, 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 cows when you were in high school, you mentioned earlier? Well, no, I, my dad worked <laughs> for a company called Minnesota Valley Breeders, and he was based out of Underwood, Minnesota. So that's where I grew up, oh. Underwood, Minnesota. That and local. and uh, so I used to go out on the road with him and... Uh, uh, when I was a little boy, and uh, and bred cows to many of the uh, families around this area, Purim, oh. Battle Lake, uh, down through Ashby, as I remember, was his kind of his territory. It was Minnesota Valley Breeders, and uh, anyways, then in '66 uh, we moved to Mord, Minnesota. My dad was a state farm agent up there. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but you are from Lakes Country. Oh, like, yeah. You're yeah. from Underwood and... Yeah. Uh, my grandparents lived over in uh, Maine Township. Okay. And my dad's from uh, Pelican Rapids area. Okay, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, now commodity, because it's just fascinating and that will lead to malt works, what you're doing today. Um, when I think, uh, and I relocated here from Germany, everybody knows, when I think of North Dakota and Minnesota as egg country, and I mainly see corn. Uh, I know there's sugar beet, but that's not a seed, I guess. But So how did you, sunflowers I see, but lentils and all the products that you traded, were they grown locally too? No, <coughs> we, we traded all the local uh, special crops, uh, but we were importing and exporting both. And so... We're trading California tree nuts, for instance. We're trading papaya, pineapple, coconut out of Thailand and the Philippines. Oh, really? Uh, we're doing specialty nuts like pine nut kernels and pumpkin seed, hemp seed, chilies out of China, uh, botanicals out of uh, Egypt, if you will, uh, Niger seed out of Ethiopia, India. Uh, just a really interesting portfolio in uh, the food industry and in the feed industry in the dog and cat food industry like done a ton of business with uh, the nelsons here locally at tuffy's and KLN group kenny nelson and know a lot of really good friends like that and uh, and then uh, wild bird cage bird feeds uh, small animal feeds and then you look, go into the human food side and we're really in the beginning point, we were, you know, uh, in the natural health food trade. So organics were in the beginning of when we went out of organic farming. And, and at one time, everything was organic here. That's what's interesting. <laughs> All Correct. farming was organic Correct. when I grew up as a kid. And then GMO came and things changed around the globe. And we were in, in, uh, in the natural food sector and, uh, and in the organic trade, especially commodities, early on. Huh. And uh, that's what grew in. We started selling sunflowers, and you go out and sell uh, sunflowers to a customer, and once they bought they, for the year, they're done. And we'd always ask, well, what else do you need? And they'd need some walnuts, or they'd need papaya, or they'd want some hold millet or something. That's how our portfolio of commodities grew. 
especially it's fascinating it's so, so out of this small town of Fargo North Dakota you traded worldwide seeds and if I may ask it didn't all go through here like you were like a brokerage right no so no no we were principals so we're involved with the whole uh, movement from procuring the commodity itself to transporting to uh, its final destination and getting paid and collecting the money okay. all the way through okay. so we're liable on the whole transaction uh, we work with lots of brokers around the globe uh, to in, in commerce and also oh, you were not a broker you were liable that's what you mean yeah, so we're you a principal principal merchandiser we would call them and okay. uh, so we'd buy uh, speculate if you will as well to some degree but calmly you okay know? Huh. Uh, yeah and uh, just to get an idea of the volume like how many seeds or is that I mean public information was it like a billion dollars in seeds or like how, how can one understand that the well dollar volume you know we, tons of uh, we're uh, fortunate uh, we grew the company to a little over four hundred dollars in sales when we sold the company last time and million. The second time yeah 400 million and uh, it was 425 anyways um, um, and we had a little over 300 employees at the time that's a big company so and that was based out of Fargo as well as we had offices in California and Chicago and, and New Jersey throughout the US and uh, we invested in manufacturing in California and tree nuts primarily and uh, we did over the years we were involved with in China and uh, you know controlling key in China always has been controlling quality and we're involved in uh, trying to put out the best products we could and helping uh, a lot of our suppliers do so around the globe yeah. Huh. yeah and now how long have you been involved in malt so mm. that's a beer topic I'm German so now you created a new company called Maltworks. You, it's located in Detroit Lakes, yeah. and you are selling malts. Can you, like explain what can we expect? What are you doing there? Well, first, uh, I guess I got a, one of those ancestry cases for for uh, Christmas, and I'm just going to find out who I am or what my heritage is. Oh. My heritage, though, is I think is Norwegian and German. Peterson. Primarily. Oh yeah. Okay. Peterson. Okay. Pe my yeah. dad was mostly 100% uh, Norwegian. My mom German. So okay. Anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> it's uh, kind of a long story, but uh, into, uh, I guess, when I was retiring in uh, uh, 1990, or uh, excuse me, 2016, and um, uh, during that time, my kids became of age, and we started going out on traveling together, and we ended up going to breweries. And during that time, I'd always end up standing in the, the malt room looking at the ingredients they were using for brewing. And it might have been malt like we're manufacturing now in Detroit Lakes, or it might have been some orange peel, or maybe they had some star anise there. There was ingredients that I go, well, I can bring probably better flavor profiles than they're currently buying. And so during this, my son wanted to, was interested in brewing but he's also interested in, in becoming a maltster is kind of was his goal so we kind of got together and uh, started researching what's available you know what the market's like uh, is there room for uh, what they would consider a craft malting company and with the market is the market seeking that kind of operation for specialty malt specialty flavors 
and we found to the fact that they were. So we proceeded, uh, I retired, and then after I retired, we proceeded to travel the globe looking for equipment that can uh, manufacture uh, uh, malt uh, uh, well, on a small that. scale. We are consumers now. Like <coughs> I, 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 We all drink beer, and I know the German uh, purity law, uh, uh, one ingredient is malt, but you manufacture malt. What right. is malt? Malt is a grain. Well, no? malt you primarily make out of is primarily made out of barley. Oh yeah, okay? of course, barley. And what what process is is you steep the grain, the barley. Steeping it means you get it wet until you get it up to a 45% moisture and sprouts. Okay. Then you drop it in your your uh, uh, your germination bed we call it. Mm -hmm. And you, during that time you grow the barley out for three and a half to four days. Then it gets its rootlets and endosperm comes out. Seedlings. Seedlings. It's, it's a growing form. And so you have to manage that and manage the temperatures of it uh -huh. and the humidity of it. And then you go into the kiln process, okay? And so you cook it, you dry it down, similar to the way we just dry grain, if you will, but a little more sophisticated. Uh -huh. And we dry it down to a point of about 12% moisture, and then we give it high heat depending on what kind of a malt we're going to make. Because we... You make different for malts for different flavors. Like coffee roasting. Like coffee roasting. Really? Very much so. In fact, uh, the boys just this last weekend made something we didn't even know we could make, and which is kind of a, uh, what I would consider a caramel uh, 30, you know, is the way it's kind of testing out. Uh, it's a crystallized malt is what it, it is. Huh. And so, and that's bringing a whole different flavor profile from something that you would have roasted lighter. So question, uh, I know that I just mentioned the purity law of German beer uh -huh. manufacturing. In order to call a beer beer in Germany, it must be only produced by three ingredients plus right. water. So the roasting of the malt, th so the malt actually gives it its flavor, yeah? That's how That's we can... That's its main base flavor. Is so we can make it orangey too, caramelly and cacao-y, chocolatey? Yep. By, the the uh, by the how you roast the, the with malt. Without artificial... Stage. Ah, really? It's all natural. Just hot air and temperature. Yep. Ah, so there is no like, no artificial. You know, when you buy a drink that's pink and all of a sudden you think it's strawberry, but it is just chemistry. So there is no chemistry, no ingredient other than heating up the malt. That's basically right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite fascinating. Yeah. yeah, and and you do this indoors, like do you have a factory? Well, yeah, facility? we have a factory in Detroit Lakes, it's up on the northeast side of town, uh -huh. and uh, up in the industrial park up there. And we bought the building uh, just what, two and a half, two years ago, and installed the equipment. And what we have is six uh, five-ton malting units, and each five ton. Yeah, so we can have six five-ton batches going at once. Now we haven't been able to. We haven't been able to succeed at the five-ton level with the equipment, but we're comfortable now making four-ton lots. That's so a lot of weight. Still so, and that's, you know, uh, the plant itself is small in comparison. I mean, good gosh. The world market for malt is maybe 30 million tons. might even be bigger than that. It's huge, huge global. Sure. And uh, our plant... Uh, is made just to make specialty type malts, you know, and and uh, we're going to be able to produce around 1,500 tons annually. That's kind of our plan. So we just want to be a small, independent maltster, you know, with a great group of brewers and distillers 
as our clients? Other clients now, okay, that's really the, so uh, brewers, beer brewers, but you can also serve any kind like uh, um, distillers. Yeah, distillers will uh, uh, make single mulch uh, whiskeys. Of course. Right? And uh, like we work with uh, Panther over in Osakis is one of our customers. Uh-huh. We're just working on a new project with them right now as well, uh, looking at expanding their line on, in single scotch malts. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, that we primarily use um, uh, what we import from the UK from Mutton's Malts, one of our partner yeah. malting companies that we distribute their product in the, the tri-state area. And that's a beer kit. That's something that we can touch. One second. Yeah. So where do you get the malts from? You it, oh. you buy them? Well, uh, barley is a big crop barley, here I'm in sorry. the state of uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Montana, and Wyoming. That's your main production belt in the United States. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, by far. Uh, North Dakota, I think, still remains number one in barley production. And if not, it's number two. Minnesota's probably number three or four. Wyoming's been coming on strong. So it's uh, pretty much local if you it's buy It's all local. In fact, I farm too, own some farms over in the Pelican Rapids area. Oh. My cousin uh, Mark Gressrud and his son Travis Gressrud uh, farm it. Uh, some of our land, we grew barley last year. In fact, uh, uh, we grew a variety called Genesis and uh, we had a bad lodging problem with the crop and uh, we still ended up coming off with uh, 70 bushels an acre okay. and uh, it seems like it just broke dormancy uh, here in the last two weeks we were concerned because you need for barley to make good malt you need it to have 98% germination or better okay you want it all to grow and be even and uh, it's all so Chinese to me right now so yeah so anyways we're real excited because <laughs> we grew this barley on our own farms my right. cousin did the farming and uh, and uh, we started, we did our, we steeped in our first uh, homegrown, home, our home family barley at our plant on Sunday night. And so we're hoping it's going to come out really good because there's really strong ma demand for local barley. It's and that's what we're promoting. It's fascinating. So yeah, you, you're more, you cannot get more local. But you said you had a lodging problem and then it needs to get dormant, those keywords. Lodging means you need to store it. In no, lodging, uh, when the crop's growing, yeah. barley will grow, and if it's really good ground, it'll grow fast, grow high. Yeah. And right before the 4th of July, I think it was the weekend before, we had a pretty heavy storm that went through the Pelican area, came through this area too, sure. and knocked it down. So it pushed the crop over, oh. laid it down, if you will. Understood. And it never came back from that, and it, but it kept growing, you know. Oh. And we thought it was we weren't going to have a crop, but in the end, Mark and Travis got it picked up and put it in the bin, and now we're malting it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's quite amazing, actually. And what do you mean by yeah, it is? And what do you mean by dormant? Well, a lot of seeds uh, just naturally, when they come off the fields, have to go through a, a time. Uh, we call it dormancy until you know freezes, thaws a couple oh. times. Uh, maybe just a natural thing that. Seeds in general do that. That'll be a weed seed or farm seeds. Okay. That we see uh, takes time for them to. They won't typically grow right when they come off harvest. Hundred percent. Okay. Maybe they will, but that's part of the protection mechanism of a plant, so it doesn't sprout while it's on the vine. Is my theory. Okay. You know, I'm not a 
scientist, but I have been involved with the, the planting seed industry in my life. Yeah. Done crazy things in my day. And one of them was selling confection sunflower planting seed to China. And uh, uh, we were one of the leaders working with CHS out of Grandin and uh, Dahlgren out of Crookston and Micogen out of Wapiton and and Jay Schuler, that group down in uh, Seeds 2000, they were one of our competitors. So it was fun. And we both brought confection sunflowers to China. I think Jay was the first and I followed him. Huh. huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, it is. Um, circling back to your own mod, like Sunday you you um, worked or Ah, the boys processed. did. Yeah, a couple of guys, uh, they, they uh, steeped in uh, the Genesis barley that we grew. Steeping in, they put it into the steep tank and we fill it with water. And it goes, you basically you know, submerge it in water. And then 12 hours later, approximately, you drain the water out and let it air rest. And then you'll steep it again, and either two to three times to reach your, and, and drain it, let it rest. And because your, your, uh, your goal is to get it to 45, 46% moisture bef when you, before you drop it into your germ bed. Okay. And then you manage the moisture of your bed, your growing barley. Yeah. You want to maintain the temperatures and uh, that's where the magic of our molsters come in. They know how to manage that. Huh. Because uh, there's certain times where they want to keep it at X temperatures and then at the final process they want to bring the temperatures down of the grain to try to break down the beta-glucans and some of the different alpha eyes. So I'm not an expert. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm just like watching. <laughs> These guys are way too sharp for me. So young men. So what is the, uh, what is the special about um, the Genesis, like is it what taste or what well, is so Genesis unique about? Yeah, well, there's different uh, varieties of barley that are grown, mm -hmm. and Genesis is one of the varieties. Uh, and that was a release by North Dakota State University, I oh, believe. Really? Uh, another variety that we really like, and we've had more success than Genesis in malting, is called Synergy, and we're kind of going to be promoting that variety to grow this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to try some of it on our some of our own acreage. And we got uh, right now actually looking for a couple of growers for it, mm. um, and uh, <coughs> that's reported to have some lodging problems in the past. But we think it was just uh, one of those years. Mm. And uh, there's other varieties in every barley. It's very interesting to me that they have different malting characteristics. They have different flavor characteristics. Yeah. But when I talk about malting characteristics, they're easier to malt. Some are easier to malt than others. Okay. It was fascinating to me. I had no idea that was the case. <laughs> but some you have a hard time breaking it down, uh, the chemistry of the seed. Okay. Others are easier huh. to g get your final goal, which in the malting process, you're breaking down the, the sugars and the starches within the seed. Right. That's what you're changing. Huh. So your goal is 1,500 ton pr malt production per year. Yep. And then how many different tastes or varieties? Is it like five well, or it's ten? Probably, you know, right now we're focused in on four. Mm -hmm. And after this last weekend, now it looks like we might have a five. We're okay. not sure if we can repeat it exactly because it's actually a malfunction of some of our software. Oh, ah. and, uh, that an accident. It was an accident and it created something that's of uh, value. 
This that, is how stainless steel happened. This is it's always yeah. This is how stainless steel was invented. I'm sure. Yeah. The Krupp family in Essen, my hometown, invented stainless steel by accidentally mixing different varieties of steel together, and then the, whoops, there was nirosta. Nirosta means never rust. Anyways, so you created a fifth well, product. Wasn't me. It was uh, <laughs> the equipment and the monsters. <laughs> well, sure, but uh, still, <laughs> how many people work for you at that factory or that? Uh, plant. Uh, right now we've got uh, ten people. Ten people. Ten people employed. Yeah. Wow. And and chemists or well, let's see. Right, we've got six uh, operators uh -huh. and uh, molsters, um, and we run twenty-four-seven. Really? Um, but we're shifts are day shifts and nights. We trust in the computers to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, and they need to be checked on, just like I was saying. This malt they ended up making, and uh, so. So it's all indoors. All indoors. And it's computerized. I mean, like it's a very well, love high to give tech. you a tour sometime. I would love to. And uh, but I mean, they're all individual vessels. They're all enclosed, and it's all food safe. Sure. And uh, within the manufacturing process, we have a kill step as well. So, and we package off into 50-pound bags or into totes. And we'll be moving into bulk, you know, as our volume picks up. Sure. Yeah. And your furthest away customer, or like your closest, like who? Well, like disgruntled here in Perm is brewing. Oh uh, yeah, Pete really? over there is brewing with us. Uh, Copper Trail in Alexandria. Oh, really? uh, Ashby Brewing uh, down in Ashby's Brewing. ABC uh, Lakeside. Uh, junkyard up in Moorhead. Uh, Drunken Wrath and more, or over in West Fargo. Ah. Uh, we got clients down in Twin Cities, uh, Lakes and Legends, uh, a whole list of them. So we over are over Hudson, Wisconsin. We've got clients. Uh, keeps growing every every week. So we are enjoying your product already without knowing that without it came right it. out of Detroit Lakes. Yeah, <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. And now you just mentioned you have a. A kit, a brewing kit that you are launching from the UK. What is that? Yeah, one of the groups we uh, distribute for uh, partners company is called Mutton's Maltings out of Stowe Market, uh, UK, mm -hmm. and they've developed uh, their huge manufacturer of malt. Uh, you know, great people, and we've become uh, real good friends and partners with them. And they've been one of the we're one of the first in the home brew uh, industry in the United States, uh, uh -huh. bringing. Uh, brewing kits to the market, uh, spray malts, uh, malt extracts, beyond just malts. And uh, they've developed a, what's called a brewery in a bag. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's quite interesting, comes in a tube and it's in a you know specially designed bag that'll hold uh, 30 pints, no excuse me, 25. 25 pints. And what it is is uh, malt extract and hops. Uh -huh. You just add water, mix it up, add yeast, Put a cap on it, and 30 days later, you have 25 pints of beer. It <laughs> just works, ferments, and, and ferments and on its own. It's a kind of it's a pouch, if you will. Yeah, it, it turns into a little keg. It's like got a wine pouch that you in a like box. a wine pouch in a box. Same thing. And that's where the beer is brewed in. And it's brewed right and in that bag. And you tasted it. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, we got four different. You know, we've got uh, a dark ale, a porter. Yeah, we've got a pale ale. We've got a session IPA. And we got a golden ale. Huh. 
And, uh, you know, it depends on your taste buds, but I like them all. They're all good. <laughs> well, I would like to try one. That sounds really interesting. So you got lots going on. So where do you see the future? You had 10 employees. You said your goal is 1,500 tons. How much do you need more? How, how is that? What's your business plan, if I may ask? Like, do you need three more buildings? How is that going to grow? Well, you know, we've got a lot of different plans on the, we're looking at going. One is where we use a lot of water. We have a lot of wastewater. Oh. And uh, we lo have a lot of heat exhaust uh, that we're wasting. So we're doing a study right now. It's putting in uh, greenhouses uh, in our uh, yard over there. We've got uh, about two and a half, three acres we can expand on. Fascinating. Uh, where we're at, so we're under uh, doing a study on that where we believe we can use our heat in the winter in particular uh, to heat the buildings and add some solar and uh, geo uh, for so cooling our plant and utilizing for our wastewater to water the plants. Huh. So rather than, you know, having it all go back to the city, if we can re, you know, and we're also looking at during the process of malting, we have these rootlets we clean off the finished malt. And we were looking at a study where we'd compost those for our earth to grow our herbs or whatever crops we're going to grow. Oh, sure. So or flowers, you know. I guess flowers are probably the most profitable, I'm being told. Anyway, it's real, uh, real interesting. I know there's a real demand for smaller greens like rosemary and cilantro and parsley and those You could grow that crops. in greenhouses there. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. always wondering why we don't grow, you know, when I went to the store and tulips are just freaking expensive here. Oh yeah, and I was thinking, why don't in in the Netherlands it's tulip country, right? Oh my! Gosh. But why don't we just have greenhouses full of tulips here, grow them, and then instead of, so I think you just said flowers are the most profitable. That's what I'm being told. <laughs> it's quite I, fascinating. I'm fascinated yeah. too. I'm I'm yeah. I'm all with you uh, uh, yeah. with greenhouses and and year-round uh, flower grow growing. Yeah. Well, and. You know, it uh, looks like we're on our trajectory that this uh, new business is going to, you know, grow. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing every day we're getting new clients and uh, um, our portfolio of ingredients we're offering is growing. Yeah. You know, you go to maltworks.com and you can buy our, BI, our brewery in a bag there, but you can also see our whole uh, product offering. Is it more for professional Brewers all, or all can professional at this point. Oh, so there's no like the the home brewing people have like their own little productions. Uh, do you also sell small quantity? Well, we sell home brew shops. Is to them. To and, and the home brew shops to distribute to the home brewing community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is the way so our distribution. Model. So your product is there's a dealer in between. Yeah. So a consumer cannot directly. Not at this point. We're looking at doing that sure. consumer direct business. Yeah. Back with Brian, our mutual friend, uh, uh, is guiding us, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, I think that was a, a really interesting story, uh, um, hidden uh, in Lakes Country and operating national, right? Oh yeah, all states and all potentially states. international. Yeah, in fact, I'm working on exporting some of our malts to Korea right now. Really? And ingredients. Uh, also working. Uh, into Southeast Asia, Indonesia, into Singapore. The craft brewing industry is growing global. It's not just in America. It's not just in Ottertail County. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it's fascinating and it employs, uh, it's a whole independent movement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the estimates are, and it employs now like 
375,000 people yeah. throughout the United States, and that's a huge win. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, and, you know, to some in respects, it, it hurts the big guys, you know, in Bev, if you will, you know, but this is, you know, local communities getting together places of right. old. Right. Uh, and it's growing. It's fascinating. And kids are having birthday parties at breweries nowadays. <laughs> you know, it's incredible to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I have no objection. <laughs> <laughs> no, and neither do I. Yeah, no, really, really, really interesting story. Uh, I usually finish interviews off to ask, uh, because you are from Lakes Country, you just mentioned um, Underwood, uh, Pelican Rapids, then relocating to Moorhead, but still Lakes Country is in you, and now you reside here. Yeah. So what is lake life to you? Oh, I love the lakes. Um, growing up in the prairie over in Fargo, Moorhead, the flat country, uh, we'd come to lakes every weekend. We were you fortunate did. and, you know, uh, bought a cabin in the, when the heck was that, early 90s? And... Um, Come down every weekend. Love to fish. Love to hunt. Snowmobile, you know, ice fish. Uh, just love the great outdoors. Love to hunt. Um, Connected. Uh, you know, we year kayak round. every year, year round. Mm -hmm. We uh, participate in the great outdoors that uh, our region offers. So your children grew up in Lakes Country with you, so to say. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. And if it may I ask, how many children do you have? I have two. One daughter. She lives in. Eden Prairie, and my son lives in Detroit Lakes. Okay, and your son, I think, is operating with you? Yep, he, Kai Peterson's his name. Okay. And he's operating as a molster at the plant. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. the quality control team. It's a family business. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. In fact, getting a lot of people, uh, you know, our team's kind of migrating from the Perm area over to Detroit Lakes. We've got some great guys from this local area, just along the Ottertail River here that are working for us. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I I am. I think there's something in the water in Ottawa <laughs> County. I don't know what the deal is, but all kinds of entrepreneurs and there's some great people. Not cutting down Becker County. I'm from over here in Becker. You yeah, know, but no, I agree. It's a it's a very unique uh, area and uh, lots of secrets. A lot of good stuff happening mm. that one doesn't see on the first glimpse. Oh my gosh, there's some great people out in the country, uh, all over the place here. Yeah, I heard great stories. I met a gentleman just the other day fascinating story that uh, built the business in the Ukraine. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed uh, you being part of our program and learning so much about Maltworks and I uh, can't wait to schedule like a visit and see the production uh, in person. Stop in anytime. Yeah. Uh, love to give you a tour. If I'm busy, we'll get you a tour <laughs> right away with one of the guys that know what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, and then I think you're coming to our expo hopefully with your little kids, and then uh, maybe people can uh, even uh, learn more about that uh, beer in a tube, beer in a in a box there. Yeah, we plan to be that. That's uh, at the Civic Center in, yep. in Fargo, right? Twenty second, twenty third of March. Coming yep. up very quickly. Perfect. Well, glad to join you, there, Dirk. <laughs> Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend Podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. 
and uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Awesome.